This morning begins our marriage and family month. And this morning, and what we've done throughout this month is a little different than we've done in the past. We have broken up the different Sundays among some of our ministers. Uh, since we have a ministry team now in place, Josh and Janelle Gish prepared for today's um, message, and Josh will be coming up in a moment to share with us. The title this morning is Family Faith Formation, and um, we're looking forward to hearing um, what Josh has to share. I just want to remind you that next Sunday will be a panel of folks from our congregation. But there will be three married couples at different stages of their life and two single individuals, and they will share stories, experiences of how they've found God faithful throughout the course of their lives and their marriages. And so we want to encourage you to be there. One of the things we found is that you enjoy hearing from one another. And uh, we've learned that over and over again in a variety of different contexts here, that you enjoy hearing stories, testimonies from each other, and that we learn and grow that way from each other as peers. So we're looking forward to next Sunday. Remember, it is marriage, uh, and uh, well, it's marriage and single uh, individuals as well celebrating um, next week. And so make sure you have your cards um, prepared. Everyone's done that right, or almost done that, or thinking about that. You know exactly when you're going to do that this week, right? Um, so we want you to come in with that, wearing that to the service next Sunday. And uh, Heidi will lead us in the celebration of running our race, whether we're individuals or um, married couples, and again, you can put your years married or your years a Christian or years old on that, whatever it is, and illustrate something about yourself, your, fa your family, your uh, marriage um, on that. So we're looking forward uh, to that. Josh, would you come up? And Heidi or I will be in the foyer with more of those cards and um, yeah, if you need, if you did not get yet. Let's, let's pray together and, uh, oops, sorry. and uh, let's kneel together, if you can. Christ, we're gathered in your presence, aware that you are with us. Aware, as we sang this morning, that you love us with an everlasting love. Aware that we are on a journey that leads to your glory. And so we pray that even in this moment, we'd be aware that today, this morning, is part of that story. This morning is part of that journey. It's not somehow separate from where we're going. And so I pray for Josh that your spirit would inspire him and direct him with your words. Thank you for how he's prepared. We thank you for his faithfulness. We thank you for he and Janelle and their call to do ministry around discipleship in our congregation. We thank you for how they reflect that in their marriage and their, with their children. And so we just pray a special blessing over the, their household today and uh, for Josh as he shares, and we commit this morning to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, so this morning our uh, passage is from uh, Proverbs 22. Can you, do you guys know which, uh, where that is in the, in the Bible? In the chairs in front. Proverbs 22, yeah. So that's page 530 in the, uh, underneath the chair in front of you if, you if you don't have one. 
there. And I'm just going to read the, uh, the first six verses. A good name is more desirable than great riches, and to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Humility and the fear of the Lord will bring wealth and honor and life. In the path of the wicked lies thorns and snares, but he who guards his soul stays far from them. Train a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. I think we've all heard this verse, train a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they'll not turn from it. And I don't know if I've ever heard a sermon start this way, but for me as a parent, I almost wish that this, is, this verse wasn't in the Bible. I mean, at first glance, it sort of seems encouraging, and maybe before I had children, I thought so too. But I had lots of cho- thoughts about having children and raising them before I actually had them. Before we had, before we had children of our own, we had friends whose children seemed like they were always running wild and out of control. And I remember Janelle and I hosting them at our a small apartment soon after we got married. I'm not sure what we were really expecting the kids to do because we didn't have any toys or anything, but um, I tried to turn on the TV so that they would have something to, to keep them occupied, but um, I quickly found out that they were grounded from certain shows, and they weren't necessarily grounded from TV in general, just from certain shows. And I remember after the, this family left, Janelle and I were thinking, this seems like a crazy parenting style. Whoever heard of grounding from certain shows, why not ground them from watching TV altogether? And during our early uh, marriage, we watched other parents everywhere we went, and often we, with a very judgmental eye, we sometimes judged them as being too strict or too lenient. Sometimes we thought that they were too involved in their kids' lives and were making too many decisions for them, and sometimes we thought that they were too disengaged that the, the that the kids weren't that they didn't really have any involvement in the kids lives um, I guess I didn't think that you necessarily had to be perfect as a parent but I knew that it was an important job and there were right ways and wrong ways to go about it and I think I assume that ultimately the proof was in the pudding that however the kids turned out then that kind of spoke to how the parents had actually done in raising them and um, children that were smart, successful, and Jesus-following, uh, eventually, and eventually they got married and had children that they raised in a similar way and were attending church and responsible. That, that showed that the parents had done a good job of, of raising them. Sure, there might be one or two bad eggs in each family, but, but parents that in general did a good job would, would have kids that turned out for the most part um, well. And, of course, I was pretty sure before I had kids that I had what it takes to be the perfect parent. After all, I was pretty close to being perfect myself. <laughs> I was pretty sure that it was just a matter of adjusting one or two things here and there. It's probably pretty similar to baking a loaf of bread. If your loaf didn't turn out sweet enough, next time just add a little bit more sugar, or too fluffy, add a little bit less yeast. I was pretty sure that parenting would be somewhat similar. 
If you're not getting the best behavior out of your kids one day, then tweak the strictness knob three clicks to the right and keep on going. If you're not connecting with your kids well enough one day, well, push the fun lever up to four and see how that goes. But I'm sure all of you who are parents know that all that knowledge goes out the window as soon as you actually have kids. Children, of course, are a heritage from the Lord, but some days you think, what a heritage. Right after Luke was born, we moved eight hours away from our family to a new location where we didn't know anyone. And um, we had no local support system, no knowledge of what we were doing with parenting. And although I didn't know it at that time, I was about to start the busiest time of my surgical training. At first glance, it didn't seem like having a new, new baby was all that hard. All they did was sleep and eat and dirty their diapers and cry. But the problem was that they all did that on their own schedule, and that wasn't necessarily the schedule that we had. Um, although we had watched the videos on shaken baby syndrome, and of course never in a million years would you ever dream of hurting your own children, I quickly learned that a screaming baby at 1 a.m. when you haven't slept in, in days will cause you to have thoughts that you never thought possible. And I knew that God had called us to be parents, and I knew that he would give us the strength to do a good job, but suddenly I wasn't so sure if we were completely up to the task. All of a sudden, the job that seemed like probably one of the easiest in the world went to one of the hardest. Um, it sort of reminded me when I went on a youth group water skiing trip and, and um, was getting drugged behind the boat, holding on to the tow rope. I felt like I was just drowning and, and didn't have any hope of getting up on the skis. Um, and this was only in the first several months of being a father. But uh, fortunately, um, family was a big help despite living so far away, and we started to develop a support system there in Michigan. And it seemed like we were starting to settle into a routine that, that started to work for us. But right around that time that we used to being, got used to being infant parents and handling raising an infant, we graduated to being toddler parents. And then we had another baby on the way. And as, as our family grew, our sense of control continued to diminish. Now we had full-fledged little human beings running around, getting into trouble, fighting with each other, and constantly, constantly requiring redirection and discipline. Discipline was another thing that I pretty much had figured out before we, were, we actually had kids. We had read the books. We had listened to the Focus on the Family shows. We had read the magazine articles. Consistency, they said, was the most important thing. No, actually, it's having a relationship with your kids. It's showing them grace. It's setting limits. It's too complicated. That's really what we figured out. Discipline was seeming like drudgery most of the time. Keep your hands to yourself. Stop teasing your sister. No, keep your hands to yourself. It was getting exhausting to us to be constantly correcting people all the time. But we kept remembering that this verse said that if we train up the child in the way that they should go, that when they're old, they're not, they will not depart from it. So if there was ever a time to get this discipline thing right, it was now, because if we didn't, they weren't going to grow up right. The other problem was the methods that we had developed with Luke didn't seem to apply to our other kids, where the discipline that seemed to work with him had no effect on Becca at all or Abby, or Chloe. In fact, all of them were different. And 
what even worked in one circumstance with one of the kids didn't seem to work the same, same time even five minutes later. It was really sink, sinking in that raising children was nothing like following a recipe. It seemed more like we were playing pin the tail on the donkey and someone was moving the mark all around and we were blindfolded and we were ending up probably not even in the same room where the donkey was. <laughs> but slowly I started to realize a few things. First of all, I began to question my motives. I mean, why was I so concerned about having well-disciplined children in the first place? Was it really all for, my, for their good or was part of it? Because going back to this verse, I thought that their behavior reflected on me as a parent. Was I making an idol out of turning out good kids? No, I told myself. I wasn't really concerned about their behavior. I was really concerned about their heart. But yet, yet there still seemed that there was something that was bothering me. This verse seemed to indicate that if my children did grow up and veered from the path that I wanted them to go on, that it was something that I had done with their parenting that had messed them up. But the more that I seemed to be disciplining them, the less it seemed to be working some days. I was beginning to realize that while I did want my children to follow the Lord, it wasn't really about my parenting and my pride that was really the issue. If I concentrated on that, I was just going to end up passing along toxic uh, hypocrisy to our children rather than true faith. Secondly, I realized that part of my problem was that I was also considering them to be my children. I realized that they weren't my children. They belonged to the Lord. Yes, he had entrusted me to take care of them, but ultimately they were his and his responsibility. If he had given them to me, then he believed that, that he also equipped me to have the ability to raise them in the way that he wanted. He knew what he was doing when he gave me the particular children that he gave me with their own personalities and in the order that he did, even though I don't understand it. He knows them better than I know them, and he does want us to succeed. In James 1.5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Um, the truth is that if I did ask God, he would provide the answer. Now at least, um, once we realized this, we, it still felt as though we were playing pin the tail on the donkey, but sometimes felt as though someone was guiding our hand at, at times, which made it a lot easier. It did seem like we were occasionally hitting the mark. Thirdly, uh, I realized that discipline was not just all about uh, the negative interactions with our kids. Um, this was defining it much new, too narrowly. I was learning that discipline is anything that encourages your children to grow into who they need to become. Most of the time, actually, discipline is positive interaction. It's thanking them for doing something well. It's having dinner with your kids, teaching them how to interact with each other and develop polite table manners. Even interacting with your spouse in front of them is also discipline. It's teaching them how to treat their future spouse. Taking them to church, playing games, even roughhousing can all be discipline in their own way. Of course, we do have to use punishments from time to time, and maybe more often than we would like. 
but it was a paradigm shift for me to start to realize that discipline isn't necessarily always a negative, um, negative thing. Um, and one thing I'd like to say to parents out there who um, are looking back, maybe their children are grown and they haven't exactly followed the path that their parents uh, had planned for them. May they feel guilty now about things that they did or didn't do when they were parenting. Um, they might re feel responsible for the decisions that their adult children are making that are harmful for them and harmful to others. I would say look at this verse again. It says, start them off in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. It doesn't say a teenager, and it doesn't say early adult. It doesn't even say during the parent's lifetime. It says when they were old, they will not depart from it. Your legacy goes far beyond what you can know. And also, if you do have regrets about things that have happened in the past, it's never too late to go back and repent uh, to your children and seek reconciliation. Often we act as though we are the judge of our children when, uh, when we are not the judge. Um, it's not, we pass judgment on them saying that they're beyond the reach of salvation or they're uh, beyond God's, God's reach and we begin to act that way when God has not rendered that judgment. No one is helpless on this side of eternity. The truth is that Janelle and I are still in the early part of our parenting journey, and we, um, in many ways we have a lot to learn, and the jury's still out on what the end result of our parenting decisions will be. I do know that I have a lot more grace for the parents that I see in the grocery store and shopping malls than I used to. I know that I have a lot more grace for myself than I used to. I know that we're not always going to be the perfect parents or have the perfect kids, but we serve a perfect Savior who has redeemed us and redeems us still. And I trust in him more and more as I remember that he is a good God who loves us. And like is said in 1 Peter 3.9, he is patient, not wanting any, anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so I knew that this loving God put this verse in Proverbs, not to be a condemning burden, a measuring stick to beat us parents with when we mess up, but as an encouragement to us, is he who ultimately takes on the responsibility for the salvation of our children. If neither death nor life, if neither angels nor demons, if neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, if neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God, then certainly our feeble attempts at parenting will not separate our children from the love of God either. And so, um, and so as I look at this verse again, uh, I put behind the, con the condemnation that I feel at times or the worry that, that things won't turn out the way that I think that they should. And I put my faith in Christ Jesus who has saved me despite my failings, and will save my, my children as well, despite their failings. Let's pray. Dear Lord, um, I just lift up the families here uh, this morning, and I just pray that your mercy would reign 
on each of us. Um, I know, uh, I know in our uh, busy lives, there's many things that can come in to take the place of um, of the discipline that you would uh, have us uh, give to our children. But uh, help us to keep our eyes on you, um, to keep seeking you, uh, since you want us to succeed and you, you want the best for us and for our, for our families. Um, help us to be able to encourage each other and lift each other up um, in prayer as we support each other, as we go about this, uh, this holy task of, of raising children. Um, thank you for uh, the way that you have guided each of us up to this point. In your name, amen.